From the beaches of the Pacific Ocean to the snow-capped peaks of the Rocky Mountains, these are the stories that unite 12 institutions in a shared commitment to excellence bound by the Western spirit of innovation and opportunity. Welcome to The Summit, the official podcast of the Mountain West. Here is your host, Jesse Kurtz. We are 100 days out from the kickoff of the 20th season of Mountain West football, and nobody has seen more or won more games in this league than San Diego State head coach Rocky Long, who enters his 18th season as a head coach in the Mountain West, 10 seasons at New Mexico, now entering his eighth season as the head coach at San Diego State. Also has a couple of years as an assistant at SDSU in 09 and 2010. Coach Long, thanks for joining us here today on the Summit. My pleasure. Well, time certainly flies. Does it seem like it's been almost two decades <laughs> have passed since this league was founded? Uh, at times it does, but most of the time it seems like it just started yesterday. I mean, that the uh, league was uh, somebody's brainchild out there, and, and they made it happen overnight, it seemed like. And then once it happened, uh, the league kind of took off, and it's changed uh, as we've lost some teams and added some teams. But uh, I guess it's been that long. Yeah, and you've coached some great players at both San Diego State and at New Mexico. When you look back and reflect a little bit, who stands out at the top of you know that list of guys that you loved coaching um, at San Diego State or at New Mexico, and why? Well, I, I think that uh, I've been fortunate to have a bunch of good players, and and they've added to the success of the programs. But uh, the ones that come to mind are obviously Brian Urlacher at New Mexico, and then uh, here at San Diego State, we've had two great running backs, Donnell Pumphrey and Rashad Penny, the last two years that have set NCAA records and that sort of thing. And uh, also, uh, Rashad's a first-round draft choice, as Brian Urlacher was. So, the, you know, I've been fortunate to be around a lot of good players, but those guys. Come to stand out. You know, recently you had a first-round draft pick, and we'll talk about Rashad Penny here a little bit later, but I, I think it does show the, the level of play in the Mountain West when you have three guys picked in the first round. You have four in the top 33 picks. How big of a day was that for the league as a whole to have four of the top 33 picks in the NFL draft here this spring? <laughs> well, I think that uh, shows something about the quality of the players in this league that a lot of people don't know about, mostly because we're out west and we play late at night. Uh, a lot of the people that make decisions on on who makes All-American teams and that sort of thing, who gets those kind of awards like Heisman trophies and all that, a lot of people don't see us play. Uh, but the NFL obviously does their, their homework and goes around and tries to ver- find the very best players they can, and they spend a lot of money doing it and when you get that many guys picked that early in the draft that shows you that we have quality players in this league. You spoke of Brian Urlacher and I'd like to get your thoughts on how unique of a player he was at New Mexico. Here's a guy that that played linebacker in the NFL. I know he played some defensive back for you a little bit. He also was a punt returner. How rare of a talent was it to have a guy that was that big, that fast, and could play a variety of positions? How fun was it to coach a guy like that? Well, I mean, it was so much fun. We changed the scheme of the defense to fit his abilities. I mean, uh, he he was considered a defensive back at New Mexico, but really what he was was a middle linebacker that was lined up in the middle of the formation at 10 yards deep. And doing that, it's hard to block him, obviously, and he's so big and fast and, and loves to play the game that he led the nation two years in a row in tackles uh, and got drafted in the first round. But uh, we knew what kind of talent he was because we let him run down on kickoffs. He ran down 
down on punts. He returned punts. He returned kickoffs. He had a 100-play rule. Once he hit 100 plays, he didn't do anything but play defense. <laughs> you had to keep him fresh, and obviously that helped him uh, to a pro football Hall of Fame career and a college football Hall of Fame career. He's one of the greats all time that has come out of the Mountain West. When you arrived as the defensive coordinator at San Diego State, you helped start this recent trend upwards to a national level where the Aztecs currently reside, which includes three Mountain West championships in 2012, 2015, and 2016. Did you know back then the potential this program had to make this sort of national push that you have? No, I didn't really know. A good friend of mine, Brady Hoke, became the head coach here, and and I was looking for a job, and he offered me a job, and I was happy to come out, and I think he started the transition. I I think that uh, uh, there are some advantages we have. Uh, There are some disadvantages, obviously, because we're playing in the neighborhood of uh, some other the Power Five leagues, but we have the advantage of population here. So if your coaches do a nice job of evaluating players, you can get enough talent here, and if the if the talent has the right attitude, you can win some games. Oh, you've won some games. Your Aztecs have gone 20 and four in league play over the last three seasons, 32 wins overall. And I, I think what stands out the most about what you guys have done, your program has been very aggressive in non-conference scheduling wins over teams like Arizona State, Stanford, Cal, Northern Illinois, Houston, Cincinnati. The list goes on. What was the thought process to routinely challenge your teams with games like that, and ultimately you get wins like that? Well, I think the Mountain West Conference, most of the coaches in this league and the administrations in this league do a good job of that. I think we don't feel like we're inferior, but people sometimes make us feel inferior. So the only way to counterdict that is to go out and play them. And I think a lot of the teams in our league are willing to do that. They're willing to schedule those guys. I remember we had teams last year played Alabama and people like that in Washington. And so we did the same thing. We tried to get two of our non-conference games a year against those kind of people so it gives us a chance to see where our program is it gives us a chance to compete against them and then if we're lucky enough and and good enough to beat them at times it shows everybody else in the country that we can play in this league but i don't think that's just us i think a lot of teams in our league do that yeah no doubt 32 wins uh over the last three seasons speaks for itself and san diego state is bidding for a ninth consecutive bowl appearance in 2018 be seven consecutive under you as a head coach i would imagine that sort of national success is starting to make San Diego State more of a national brand, maybe on the recruiting trail. Are you starting to see that the Aztecs are being recognized more frequently outside of the western half of the United States and maybe opening some recruiting doors for you? Well, I think people know more about us now than they did maybe five, six years ago, and, and they recognize that we have a good program here. Uh, the funny part about it is it seems to me like we're still recruiting. Not that we don't get in more doors. I think we do, but we're still recruiting the same type of players that we did in the past, and I think that's more of a, a program uh, issue. I, I think that we attract a certain type of player. Uh, there's not many people that will do what we do on offense and defense, so we attract a certain type of player, and it seems like the same kind of guys we're recruiting now that we did five years ago. But I do think we're getting in more doors. Yeah, you speak of the style that you play. In the last decade or so, maybe a little bit more of that, we've seen a trend in college football for offenses to be more pass-oriented, spread out the wide receivers, quarterback, and the shotgun, and allow for the pass to be the primary weapon. You've stuck to committing to that run game and getting big offensive linemen, the use of a tight end, a fullback, and you've had great success in doing so. Why did you resist that trend towards a wide-open offense and stuck more with that pro-style approach? 
well, I, I think the, there was a devaluation of running backs there for a little while. I think I think football's coming back the other way right now, but that allowed us to get, have a chance to recruit really, really good running backs because the really good running backs in the country don't really want to be in a spread, throw-it-around type offense because they don't get the ball as often. They don't get the ball going downhill. They get the ball going sideways. They, go, they don't get the fullback and the guards pulling that lead them through a hole and that sort of thing. So it gave us a chance to get really good tailbacks that we wouldn't have normally gotten if it wasn't for our style of offense. Yeah, not only tailbacks, but you've had some great tight ends because of that pro-style approach, and you're producing great pro prospects. I mean, tight ends like Gavin Escobar and, and David Wells, running backs like Ronnie Hillman, Danelle Pumphrey, Rashad Penny, fullback like Nick Bodden. How proud are you of the fact that you are helping to put these kids in position to chase an NFL dream? Obviously, not every kid can go on to the NFL dream, but if that's what they dream about, that's what they're willing to put the work towards, that you guys are giving them a chance to live out a dream that they so choose. Well, I, I think what you said is exactly right. We give them a chance. We give them an opportunity. If that's their dream, we give them an opportunity for them in our system to go on to the next level. But in reality, it's it's them that do it. Uh, they're the ones that have the talent. They're the ones that are willing to put the time and effort in. They're the ones willing to have that kind of attitude. And then if they have that kind of attitude and they have enough ability, they, they get the chance. But obviously, we're happy for them, and it, it makes us proud that they came out of our program. Uh, what is is the secret in developing the great running backs that you have, the Hillmans, the Humphreys, the Rashad Pennings. And it's just plug and play, and these guys end up being terrific and have a chance to be Mountain West Offensive Players of the Year. They go on and you know have All-American considerations and go on to the NFL. You've had one after another. What's the secret here, Coach? Well, I mean, we ought to ask them uh, because all of them have a little bit different style and they have a little different ability, but all running backs have the same ability to find a hole and get in the hole and make people miss and outrun some people. Uh, but uh, I, I like to tend to think it's the offensive line in front of them. I, I think you can get some talented guys with the ball that no one ever knows they're talented because the guys up in front of them aren't doing uh, what we try to do and what uh, gives the running backs a chance to be successful. So I, I think even though not a lot of them have made it to the NFL. We've been lucky to get a lot of good, strong, big college offensive linemen here that have played an intricate part in making those guys what they are nationally. So uh, I, I think you got to give credit to the big boys up front, even though those guys behind them have a lot of ability. Yeah, and I think that has been ingrained in your running backs because all the ones that I've, I've ever had a chance to talk to, whether it be Rashad or Donnell or, or anyone else, they always do credit the big guys up front as a big reason for their success. And Rashad Penny drafted in the first round of the NFL draft in April by the Seattle Seahawks. Give fans a sense of what he's like as a person because I think that really speaks to who he is. He's a tremendous guy. We all know he's a great football player, but what do people not know about Rashad Penny that makes him the person that he is? Well, I, I think uh, you know a lot of people get a lot of credit uh, when a young man has the success that he's had, and I, I think that he's handled that kind of success better than anybody I've ever been around. And and we want to take credit for that. Obviously, as coaches in our program, we want to take credit for that. But that's not where it comes from. He he is a great guy. It's really fun to see a great guy get rewarded after having a great year. And now he's going to be a rich guy too. Now, but uh, he has great parents. I mean his 
parents raised him a certain way that we had nothing to do with. And when we got him, he was that kind of guy when he got here. It was, his parents have done a great job with both him and his brothers, and, and they come from a great family, and they know what's right, and they know what's wrong, and they know what's important. And, and they, they are team guys, number one, which really makes it fun to have those kind of guys around. You mentioned his family. We, we all saw the, the draft video when he got the call from the Seattle Seahawks, and it was very emotional for Rashad and his family. Do you get emotional for a kid like that when he is able to, you see him reach his dream and he gets super emotional? I'm, I'm curious how you handle things like that. <laughs> Well, I get excited, and in this case, you know, we, we sometimes we think that uh, our players, because of our situation, uh, being surrounded by Power 5 leagues, uh, that our players don't get the recognition that they deserve or the credit they deserve. So it, it's really exciting for our whole program, really exciting for me personally, when a guy like Rashad gets picked in the first round, and that proves to everybody else that he can play like we knew he could and that we expected him to, and we thought that he got uh, – Maybe maybe cheated a little bit in some of the national awards because we think he's the best running back in the country and he wasn't recognized that way. But he was the second running back picked in the draft and that makes him pretty darn good. Yeah, I think those scouts certainly did their job at the NFL level to evaluate who uh, who the best of the best were. There's no doubt about that. You've been around the college game as a coach since the early 1970s. What are some of the trends that you've seen on a national scale in that time that make the game different, more fun, or maybe more challenging as a coach? Well, I think the biggest difference is is what you're seeing. When I when I first got into coaching, uh, people, everybody based their team on being able to run the ball effectively and use them play action pass. They did it several different ways. We have triple option teams, we have split back option teams, and then we have guys that get in the eye and run the power play. Uh, that that was consistent in those days. And as it moved forward, I think people started getting really smart with their X and O's on offense and started putting really good athletes out there in space and started uh, running spread type things where you got balls uh, the throws to receivers out in the open spaces, got running backs running in a short box or not enough defenders to defend it and it opened up the game dramatically which I think has actually made it more fun for fans. I think fans like to see the ball in the air, they like to see big plays so it's made it very difficult on defensive coaches. Now I think defensive coaches are starting to catch up a little bit with some things that never were thought of in the past and we're overload blitzing we're blitzing and playing zone behind it and all those sort of things so the game has gotten very fun to watch and very exciting and wide open it's it's never been more popular than it is right now uh you're you're as much quote-unquote mountain west as anybody in the history of this league born in utah attended the university of new mexico coached at new mexico wyoming and san diego state and as i understand it you enjoy spending some time in the off season in colorado you kind of personify this league down to its very roots you take pride in that being kind of in, in one area uh, of the united states and making a career and and you know enjoying your personal time in this area well, I, I think the, I feel good about it because I feel like uh, I fit, and it kind of fits my personality. And I think the league, I've been lucky to be in the league as long as I have. I, I think being able to get decent jobs and working with great people and then obviously working with good players has been a lot of fun. Uh, and I've seen the league change uh, from when it started to where it is now, and I, I think there's some positives about that. And I, I think we're in a critical stage right now, though, as we compete against – 
what they consider the power fives. Our league's going to have to continue to play them, and we're going to have to play well to continue our league on the upward trend. What are some of those challenges that, that you speak of? Is that is that is it as simple as scheduling those and playing well against those teams? Is that the biggest challenge? I think the biggest challenge is we have to be better than they do. I, I think our coaches in our league have to coach better, we have to recruit better, and then obviously we have to schedule them and play them against against them. But the majority of teams in our league don't have the resources they have. We don't have as fancy as locker rooms. We don't have the weight rooms. We don't have the practice facilities that they have. And then obviously they have a lot more money to hire coaches and to recruit with. So the, the challenge to our league is that the coaches in our league have to do a better better job than they do. I mean, we have to we have to evaluate better. We have to use our money better and, and more efficiently. Obviously, when we play them, we have to execute a, a game plan as well or better than they do to win. And I don't think it's impossible. I think it's tough and it's hard on our league, but I think it's possible to get it done. Well, to, to outwork and, and outcoach as you, as you talk about, that certainly puts a, a, a premium on your time. And I know you guys as coaches here in the Mountain West grind as much as anyone. I'm curious, when you're not grinding, when you're not you know, putting your nose into tape and, and evaluating players, what sort of things and hobbies keep you busy outside of football mode, if there is such a thing? I, I don't have any hobbies. My wife's worried about that, that I don't have any hobbies, so she wants me to work until I die on the sidelines, I think. But uh, uh, I, I can develop. If, if I ever get uh, tired or worn out of doing this, I'll, I'll develop a hobby or two. Well, Coach, I appreciate your time here. Nobody has better insight and more perspective on the Mountain West as you do, and I appreciate you taking time here on the Summit for us. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks a lot. That's head coach Rocky Long of the San Diego State Aztecs, who will open up the season at Stanford on August 31st. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Summit, the official podcast of the Mountain West. For more episodes, please subscribe to The Summit on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Spotify. For comprehensive coverage and information on your favorite Mountain West teams, student-athletes, and coaches, including how to follow along on our social media channels, please visit bmw.com, the official website of the Mountain West. Thanks again for listening to The Summit.